Welcome to the Queer Arabs podcast. This is Alia and Ellie, and we are the Queer Arabs. I'm Saudi American and a lesbian. I am bi, trans, Lebanese, and recording here in Texas. Yes, and, and we're speaking with um, someone in Lebanon. Can you introduce yourself? Hello, this is Munir. All right, and uh, Munir is a student. Munir Abdullah. Munir Abdullah. Um, yes, and he's this totally amazing photographer who takes um, queer-oriented photography in Lebanon. Yum. Very, just, just yum. Uh, very, very groundbreaking stuff, actually. It's very direct and upfront photography. Um, so, Munir, can you talk about the photography that you focus on? What would you like to know uh, in particular? What, like what? What like, type of photography do you? Do? I mean, what are your subjects? And why queer photography in the Middle East of all places? I mean, I know there's a need, but why you? Well, to start, uh, to start with, the, this is what interests me in photography. I'm bored with the rest. I don't care for anything else to photograph. I've been, fasc- I've been fascinated with, uh, with the nude bodies of uh, both uh, genders since I was a child. And uh, I think uh, I had a bad experience because, you know, in the Middle East, uh, we are allowed to, you know, to run uh, the house naked at a certain age. We don't have, uh, especially when it's hot in the summer. Uh-huh. So, uh, so at a certain, uh, at certain age, uh, we couldn't run naked anymore at the house. And for me, I think that was, uh, I think that was traumatic. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't pleasant really. And uh, probably raised questions about nudity and why why do we need to be nude, you see. And uh, this is uh, a part of the story. The other part is uh, I've seen movies since I was a child. My, my father used to take me to cinemas all the time. And I was fascinated by the image. And of course, uh, sometimes, uh, many times, nudity was part of the, part of the film. So uh, it triggered uh, it triggered uh, it triggered my relation uh, to the to nudity and to the image of the nude. I tried to study cinematography in order to make movies uh, back in the 80s and uh, I was kicked out of the country because of my homosexuality. It was okay. It was not uh, for me it was not a tragic problem uh, because uh, because like after two years of studying uh, cinematography, I find it uh, like it's it's more pleasant to watch a movie than to make it. You know, it's uh, it's a very hard experience. Yeah. It's very stressful. Uh, you need to work with uh, a lot of people, which I don't like. I prefer uh, like uh, well, like uh, what's nice about photography. What nice what's nice about uh, photography is uh, there is me and there is a subject. Of course, if if it's in the professional field, you have to work with many other people, almost as much as in cinematography. But that's why I uh, I don't work. It, I only shoot my work. Still, I only us. do artwork. I don't. I don't. Yes, I don't do any commercial work. You said you were studying. Where were you studying? In Sofia, Bulgaria. Oh, Bulgaria. Okay. Yes. Oh mm. wow. Are you comfortable talking about? That experience, like, what? Why did yeah, you have yeah, to? Yeah, sure. Why did you have to leave? And what are the circumstances? Okay, basically, Bulgaria is not uh, back then. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, I'd say that you cannot criminalize homosexuality. There's no law against homosexuality. Mm-hmm. But uh, like any other countries, uh, the prejudice is there. And what happened is that I, uh, in the dormitory, the student dormitory. We're not allowed to bring any people after 8 o'clock, but of course everybody does it. And I had my lover, uh, you know, I had my lover uh, next to me in my bed. 
and uh, my my roommate uh, went uh, had say to comment uh, about the extra guest and the police came in actually they did not come in they knocked on the door i didn't bother uh, standing up and i said uh, da come in and the guy entered like he yeah, he waited for our permission to enter he was very nice very gentle he was a very sexy man also <laughs> and uh, yeah uh, to be honest yani <laughs> we were mesmerized by his beauty yeah anyway so uh, so the guy took us to the station uh, where we we met with the i don't know how do you call the guy uh, the manager of the police station uh-huh, like he's a, he's of a higher rank you know yeah uh, like a chief now, this guy Yeah yeah so this guy was uh, very unkind very impolite and he asked me who's uh, who's fucking whom and I told Whoa. him who's fucking your wife right now at your house <laughs> while you are while you are here Holy so shit. he took it yeah yeah I was really blunt yeah and uh, he took it personally and he made sure to he made he made sure to kick me out of the country that is in short you know yeah. but really really it was okay because I was already had my doubts uh, of uh, continuing my studies I wasn't happy in the country uh, I'd rather like I was living with three people while if I come back to Beirut I had uh, I had an empty apartment waiting for me so really it was like okay it's bad it's uncomfortable but it's not like uh, it's not traumatic you know plus it makes yeah. for a great story later on yeah <laughs> yeah it gave you a lifetime of an amazing like incredible story i mean just about the blunt you showed that you were not afraid intimidated intimidated yeah, of course. yeah maybe you were afraid even if you were afraid you showed that you weren't going to be intimidated that's really no 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 not really i wasn't afraid really you know i'm very strong i've been even i i was really stronger i think i don't know if i i don't know at what time i was strong but back at the time i was really like like a hurricane wow. you can't fuck with me Yeah. You can't fuck with me. Yes. <laughs> <Back then. laughs> Amazing. I mean, like now I would be nonchalant. I wouldn't answer, you know. But back then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you yeah. felt maybe you felt like what is there to lose at this point? It's amazing. And did you have the same kind of um, demeanor? about being gay in Lebanon did you have that same swagger swagger yeah yeah of course yeah. yes uh, like i've never like i've never been ashamed of ashamed of my sexuality i always why i always say i'm not proud of being gay but i'm not ashamed of being gay it's just my sexuality you know yeah. uh, but i i understand the stand of being proud of your uh, sexuality it's in how to say it's as a, as a response to all the shame and all uh, you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so For sure. So yes. Yeah, so anyway, the, the, as soon as I arrived in uh, Lebanon, I talked to my family. I talk, my father died when I was twelve years old, and uh, mm-hmm. so I, my family was just me, my sister, my older sister, and uh, my mom. I talked to them. It was very tough to them. After uh, two days, I told them uh, two days of like uh, the air of the house was like poison, you know, from yeah. from the heaviness of the whole subject, yeah. and. Like I was trying to understand them, but at the same time I couldn't understand them. You see, because this is like I am facing society. You're not facing society with my sexuality. You see, so I'm supposed to be bothered, not you. But uh, anyway, uh, after two days, I told mom, sis, uh, you have a problem with this. You deal with it. It's not my problem. Yeah. I have, you know, I have to focus on society. I don't have, and you know, I don't need to focus on 
uh, on you after answering all what all the questions they had is this a phase it's not a phase uh, mm. is it going to be always like this etc uh, etc et you know you know the whole yeah uh, we, we've all been there yeah. the whole debate you know right and yeah, so that's it. But uh, through the years, uh, things uh, got much better. And uh, now my my mom was uh, my mom uh, came to the opening of the exhibition, and uh-huh. uh, with my Whoa. with my younger sister. Now I have a younger sister, and uh, later my younger sister to- asked her uh, what my mom thought of the exhibition. My mom, uh, wa- my mom's answer was, uh, "It's a nice exhibition, but uh, isn't it too much for Beirut?" Yeah. So that was all her response. All right, we'll take it. Right? <laughs> yes, but uh, it sounds she was like... more concerned about Beirut, you know. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, that sounds overall very supportive. Yeah, um, it was yeah. very nice. Yeah, actually. Yeah. That's sweet. Um, speaking Could... of your exhibit. Oh, actually, I, was, I, was oh, gonna, okay. I wanted to ask. Uh, tell me, like, coming back to Beirut in, ni- in the 1980s, like, I assume it was like during the ceasefire, one of the ceasefire periods. Yes, and the fighting was quieter. Or stopped for a moment. Uh, no, 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 no. Like, uh, yani Beirut uh, back. Uh, I came back like, around eighty-five or mm-hmm. eighty-six. I don't remember. But uh, anyway, uh, till the end of uh, yeah, by the end of the nineties or the beginning of nineties, uh, there was always, you know, uh, war in Beirut. Yes. Uh, oh. And the ceasefire, and then the war goes back. You know, up and down, up and down. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, uh, so, but that wasn't really, Yannick, how do you say, uh, it was a fact, you know, that we lived with that uh, we couldn't care for because we need to live. Uh, I don't know if I'm clear with what I'm saying. Like the war was, my personally, like my attitude toward the war, I was never afraid of it, you see. Yeah. Like uh, I even I even remember there was a period of time when uh, they, uh, they put bombs in th- cinema theaters. And this did not stop me from going to movies. I just went to the movies alone in the theater. And I just looked under the chairs if there's anything. And I felt secure. Then I continued watching like watching the film. So for me, I, I was always in denial of the war. Yeah. I refused to live by its rule. I, I never even went down. Uh, bunker, they say. What do you oh, call it? When uh-huh. you want to... When yeah. you want to hide from uh, from, I never went there because because of the crowd, because of the noise, because of the crime, because of the radio, because of the card playing, I I stayed at home either reading, either watching something. You see, yeah. so even the war, I was never really afraid of the war. I never intimidated of it. We've heard many stories of uh, people who tried to evade uh, to evade the war in Lebanon and went like to Switzerland or to Paris and they died there in a car accident. Like, yeah. I don't believe in God, but uh, but I do believe that you cannot escape death when it's going to come to you. Wow. Um, so, uh, is that clear? Yeah. Am yeah. I being clear? Or yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. It sounds like it was just so consistent, a consistent reality that you couldn't let it interrupt your life at every second. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. I couldn't be afraid. Even I don't want to, I, I didn't want to live in fear, you know. Yeah. Well. But... You were out in Lebanon in the middle of the Civil War, and I know you weren't afraid, but can you tell me about the time? Like, where did you go? What, who did you see? I mean, what, what, to give us some stories. Okay, listen, uh, it's not always war, you know? Yeah. 
It's not always war. There is, uh, like, life continues no matter what, mm-hmm. you see. And uh, especially after, like, after 10 years of war, like, you get used to it, and you want to, you wanna, like, you want to move with your life. You don't want to live all the time under the pressure of, of the war, you know. And there were many periods of peace times also. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and uh, don't forget that uh, when you watch the news about a certain city, you think that the whole city is burning, you know, the whole, uh, the whole situation is bad. It's not always like this. It's usually in certain areas of the city that mm-hmm. things go bad. Okay. You see, not only, uh, I'm not talking about big events. Big events, the whole city, you know, uh, it's goes, uh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, so uh, like we lived our life uh, normally. We went to our friends, we went to parties, uh, we had dinners together, went to the beach. It's it's normal life. There's nothing, nothing special about it. Mm-hmm. I guess it must be interesting to hear about I, because Ellie's parents left Lebanon in the seventies. Yes. So it's it's interesting to hear about life after that. You were out in the eighties, and did were you able to find people? in Beirut who um, you felt safe and well who you mm-hmm. felt comfortable being out and queer with how did it impact your goings on listen I'm not a very sociable person you know so uh, I spend yeah. a lot of time by myself at my home okay okay uh, this is as a base for me I need to be by myself in order to do to to read to work to to do many things however I'm not secluded yeah I like uh, I like my friends I like uh, going out with my friends uh, and I, I especially like the beach you know so uh, the beach is a huge part of my life especially in the summer uh, because we all go to the beach and at a certain period of time in the 80s there was uh, a special area that all gay men went to that uh, to that place and it was really lovely time it was uh-huh. beautiful time like uh, you don't have any bad memory. We have uh, we had lots of fun. You know, uh, people were at ease. It was easier than today. Like today, there's too much stress and there's too many too much social media. You know, uh, back then there was uh, there was no social media and people communicated with each other. That's interesting. You say that. I I was expecting you would say, oh, it was so much harder in the eighties. Or oh, no, that, no, not that, at all. That there not was this all. like tension where you had like every and that there was the police would arrive or the militia would arrive and this is a perspective I've not heard. So, I'm, uh, it's so- uh, listen, the eighties, the eighties, uh, they were uh, Beirut was heaven for gay men from all over the world and, and they came from all over the world to really? to live, uh, yeah, to live in Beirut and to to live the gay life of Beirut, you know, which wasn't like it was discreet, but it wasn't hidden. Yeah, that's an important perspective. I. I never thought about how social media really, I don't know, how it makes it harder for people to... Um, stay in the closet. Not even stay in the closet. Or but be discreet, maybe. At least be discreet. Or, um, yeah. No, no, the problem, the problem with social media is like you are sitting with, you are sitting with like, you're having a party with uh, four or five people, yeah. and everybody is on the phone uh, communicating with somebody else, you know. It's, I mean, come on, communicate with each other, like... Yeah, I feel that. your next uh, person, huh? I feel that. I totally agree. And I'm a little bit... Okay, I'm a lot guilty of that. Oh, really? That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess we all are. You were talking about your exhibit, your photography exhibit. What was... What's the name? It's called Fleeting Acts. Um, and how... First off, how did you come up with that name? And 
What led you to create that specific project? I had uh, the biggest difficulty was with the name actually because I'm not good with names. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was watching uh, a documentary about photography actually. Something was talking about capturing the second and how the second uh, there was another uh, word and uh, however uh, fleeting came in the came like i heard it in the documentary and it's like it was like a flash oh my god fleeting it's such a beautiful word mm-hmm. and uh, for me it's uh, how to say i think it's the most existentialist word that you can ever use feet and everything fleets everything like uh, everything is changing nothing stays in the, at, at the same place yeah. uh, you see so uh, when i met uh, we kept meeting uh, many times yeah, and we met like many times uh, with a curator in the period of uh, preparing uh, for the gallery and i told him i found the first name of of the title it's fleeting I don't know what's the rest. Then I tried many things, and uh, after all, after watching the picture, I decided that acts are is the best word to to complement fleet and fleet and acts because everything is an act. And uh, again, you have the act of love, you have the act of tenderness, etc., etc. And especially in relation to my uh, to the exhibition, uh, basically all the pictures are taken in front of the same background. And this background, uh, you can see it in the period since uh, uh, in the period from 2014 till 2018. And uh, the world gets Asian; uh, it ages, ages, uh, you know, f- in all this period. Right. And this, you can see it uh, through different uh, different pictures, uh, different uh, photos. And uh, so you have you have this Asian wall, and in front of this wall, you have all these beautiful bodies uh, and all these beautiful couples that are passing by in front. They are acting, they are doing things, and they go. Mm. So uh, basically, this is the, the ephemerity of everything. You know, this yeah. is basically the idea of the whole uh, exhibition. Oh, beautiful, and it has it. So it's been shown in Beirut. Has it been shown anywhere else yet? No, not yet. Not yet. And how have the responses been from people? Very positive. Uh, many people were surprised. Yeah. They couldn't believe that uh, that uh, this kind of work can be exhibited in Beirut, and we proved them wrong. So uh, basically, we were very happy. Yeah, we were we weren't afraid from the reaction of people as much as the government, but the government didn't react actually. Wow. Uh, The Lebanese government seems somewhat too very inconsistent on that. Yes, it really, I think it really depends on if, like, for example, if a sheikh or a pastor uh, passing by the exhibition and seeing the photos and maybe getting shocked or maybe being pleased by, you you never know. But however, (laughs) let's assume, let's assume that uh, they get shocked by it and they uh, they report us probably the government would move otherwise the government doesn't care really because somehow we've always had uh, how a very contradictory government like you can go to the library and you can buy the books of Marquis de Sad, but in return you know you have to be polite and you know and discreet and etc etc it's a strange it's a really strange country and it's a really strange uh, how to deal with cultural life, but yeah. in general, in general, it's a really open-minded government. It's religious people who are uh, who are uh, fucking it actually. It sounds like such a complex government with all of the different religious courts and then the civil courts and just the political factionalization. It's just, I mean, I'm surprised the government does anything but at all at times, but I'm also 
say that about the American government as well. So. Oh yeah. But sure. uh, <laughs> another story. What were people telling you? They're like the, the community, like our society is not ready, or like. W- or was it more? Thank you for this. I've been waiting for something like this. No, it was uh, people were more thankful actually, and more uh, they were very happy with the exhibition. Uh, basically, the question, the main question was, uh, how do they allow this to be? exhibition to be you know yeah. uh, to be shown in an exhibition we said we don't know we're uh, so far we're okay it was always so far because like right. uh, in the in the whole period of uh, the whole period the for a month like this this could change at any moment somebody might come to the exhibition and you know and uh, stop it from from existing but uh, luckily and uh, happily, it never happened. Uh, especially gay people were very happy that uh, are represented, uh, you know, finally are represented in a photo exhibition. Uh, some some girls said, uh, when are we going to see a lesbian exhibition? I told them, I think the girls need to like, like, like to do it, you know. And uh, so really, really, it was really, really positive. We uh, very few people came into the exhibition, and they, and just the moment they saw the content of the exhibition, they just left. Nothing more. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 That's strangely polite. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not. No, listen. Uh, like uh, Lebanese in general, when it does not come to religion, uh, they have the principle of live and let others live. You know, but don't uh, mm-hmm. don't scratch the religion issues. I see. My family being Saudi, um, I know some of my cousins have visited Lebanon and it's, it's always the same sentiment. I know things are not perfect in Lebanon, but the sentiment I always hear is that it's a freeing and liberating experience. The way the openness of the society, comparatively, at least. Yes, yes, of course, it's a really open. It's a very open-minded uh, society, and what's nice about it is, like whatever what uh, your mood is, you can find your own community, and you know, and uh, hang out with this uh, community. Like uh, most of societies are uh, look almost almost look like they have almost the same nuances and same color. But uh, in Beirut, like you have, you can move from the fanatics to the orgy goers, you know, they all live in the same city. And sometimes they're the same person. Yeah, yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Totally. Have you thought about showing your work outside of Beirut or you're not sure yet? Actually, I started. Uh, I'm, I started preparing uh, for the new exhibition. Yeah, but it was gonna be 2020, spring 2020. So I don't have much time, you know, to prepare. Uh, yeah. And I will. I will do my best, you know, to exhibit somewhere else. But the priority is for my new project, and eventually, probably, I will. I will do. I will contact someone outside to show my work. Okay, like other parts of Lebanon, maybe. Or no, 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 yeah. outside Lebanon. Oh, outside oh. Lebanon. Oh, cool. yes. Where would you yeah. like to go? Yeah, where are you thinking? Really, I have no idea. I like the states, you know. I like New York. Come to the states. Never we'll been go there. to it. We'll go to it. Never been there, but uh, I like. I've always, I've always liked New York because I've seen so many good American movies, you know. Yeah, you'll love New York. Yeah. New York yeah. has I a know, really I good. Know. Yeah, you're right. Yes, uh, that's a good starting point. That's yeah. the energy of New York is unmatched. Uh, yeah, there's nothing like New York anywhere in the world, and yeah, yeah, I, I mean, know. we I we, we have the same we have the same sort of love of New York because of our movies as well. You know, half the uh, half the seasonal Christmas movies are set in New York. Like a lot of everyone's favorites, like Taxi, 
taxi driver and uh Woody Home Allen Alone. Movies. Woody oh yeah. Uh yeah, Woody Allen movies are just nothing but a love letter to New York. It's absolutely yes. Woody Allen is Woody Allen, but New York is New York, you know? Yes, of course. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, sure. yeah, you would be definitely welcomed. Welcomed. <laughs> we would a lot of us Thanks. would come see you. For sure. Thanks a lot. This year, for example, there's the World Pride and it's happening in New York. And there's going to be some people that we know from Lebanon, uh, from Beirut coming. I wish you could I wish you could join them. Anyway, you'll you'll be I guess you'll be in we'll, good company. We'll, 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 be, we'll be patient. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> hopefully we can come by and see the work once it's displayed. Yes, of course. Yes, sure. Do you know if your is your exhibition next year going to be similar to your current one? No, it's going to be different. Okay, so basically, my uh, like what I like to do with photography is uh, shoot all the aspects of gay life in Lebanon. You see, so uh, Fleeting exhibition was about uh, beautiful men, and it was about my fantasy. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh Yes. And uh, anyway, uh, it was more like a tribute to to the beauty of uh, the male body, and some of the models were uh, were also heterosexuals. Uh, uh, not all the models uh, are uh, gay, by the way. Oh, yes. Uh, ma- many, many of them are heterosexuals who didn't mind uh, being shot, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, so this was the, like, this was, uh, and I'm going to continue this work, you know, privately. I'm going to work on <laughs> this, great, you see. Yeah. But uh, for, the, for the next exhibition, I want to take, uh, I want to take uh, the gay man in social uh, environment you know uh, like in their in their houses in their rooms etc etc oh. and i started and i'm getting really beautiful results very intimate re- intimate results wow uh, actually I, I really i'm really interested in seeing this now this I is know. this sounds so cool because everyone's always depl- like the focus on queer like queer life is always on the sex and the relationships and the politics but never on the everyday so this is like this is so cool. It is like the slice of life because it's not because like our lives are not always political. It's so you know we we have parties, we have friends, we cook together, and like I don't see that documented well or discussed a lot. So well, I'm, probably, I'm sure it was done, you know, but uh, it was never done in in Lebanon, and uh, like it's more I'm doing it for myself and so and for the gay community, you know. I'm sure it was done. Everything was everything is done in photography, you know. Yeah. There is nothing new uh, in, in the whole uh, in the whole uh, world uh, of art. But uh, this is yeah. not uh, this is not the question. The question is, I would like. We've never seen the Arab man. You know the Arab homosexual in its uh, social environment. That's the thing. I, I think that's what's so exciting to us and so many. And to me, yes. And absolutely. to you, yeah. Like yes. seeing that intersection of queerness and, and being Arab life. and life yeah, um, in that setting too. It's going to be really powerful. Um, plus, I'm, I'm just, I'm not only interested in the people, but just the backgrounds. I want to see what the, what everyone's living rooms and bedrooms are like i want to see the posters and exactly and the this is exactly the my, this is exactly my point of view you know yeah. what they touch what's what's is, what they sleep next to you know yeah. what they like why, what they don't dislike what they dislike etc right yeah 
Oh, man. And um, recently, I know one of our past guests, is he's the one who got us in touch with you, Joseph um, Ayun. And did was he able to go to the exhibit when he visited? Yes, we kept the exhibit one extra day, especially for him. Oh, <laughs> we oh kept that's it wonderful. Open especially for him, yes. Joseph is worth it. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, I bet that meant a lot to him. And uh, you know, uh, and uh, I'm making also I'm making interviews with the with the photos, talking about the influence of Beirut on gay men in Beirut, and mm. uh, this uh, while fleeting acts were only were uh, only Arabs. Yeah. In this one, there will be there be foreigners. There be an Iranian man. Already, there's an American man. So it's gonna be you know like. Like it doesn't. It's not only Arabs. It's you know, uh, gay men in Beirut. Very diverse. Excuse me, my mind is being blown, and then I'm just gonna have to. I'm gonna need a minute. <laughs> I know. I just feel like there keeps being reasons we need to visit Beirut. Anyway. It's a lovely city, you know. Yeah. I really want to go. Um, it's Ellie, a lovely city. Very vibrant. Uh, Ellie's nervous because of being trans. But I'm also like I hear my family talk about it and romanticize it so often, and they go and they go back often. But when I say yeah, I'm going to go, I would like to go. Uh, they're all like, no, there's nothing for you there, and I'm like, is there? Like, what do you mean? The, what do you mean? The nothing free there? What, no, what, for, what's for you. For a while, I kind of bought into that that there was no no life for gay and lesbian people in Beirut because I only had their perspective. But, you know, since we started doing this podcast, my uh, my world has been opened up a little. And I still want to go. I'm also a little nervous because I'm not as brave as you. I'm going to be real. Yeah. But we, uh, there are many trans in Beirut, you know, and they're not killed. They might be abused from time to time, but they're not killed. Yeah. Well. And uh, if you if you uh, if you move in the gay community circle, uh, you're very safe. Have you shouldn't uh, shouldn't worry at all. All right, I'm doing this. We need to do this. We need to. Yeah, just of visit. course. Come to Beirut. It's a beautiful. We city. keep it's a lovely city. It sounds it's a lovely incredible. City. It sounds like such a rich. I mean, it has a rich history, of course, and then it it sounds like there's a depth to this city that is hard to articulate. And uh, the nightlife is amazing, and uh, almost all nightclubs are uh, friendly, and I'm sure they are trans friendly. You know, like uh, the girls heal, uh, the men goes, uh, the drag they go with high heels, and they are received uh, very well and having fun. You shouldn't feel unsafe at all. Okay. Would you tell your family if you went? Uh, after I went. I mean, like, you have family in Lebanon. I have, would, a, would, I have a ridiculous amount of family in Lebanon. Would it's, you tell them? No, I think they would try to have tea with me and talk with me and prevent me from going out and having fun, you know, but that's... You want to keep that separate. I get it. Well, that and, well, you know, we. I don't... I am... I guess I'm more isolated. I... I am I am the type who would sit in my room and read all day if I could get away with it, you know. So mm-hmm. I'm not the best, I'm not the most social person. I'm very Listen, you 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 have something already on your agenda when you come to Berry who would rather have a photo shoot with you. Ooh. Ellie, you Ooh. would make a wonderful subject. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I ooh. And just for context for listeners, we're not doing this on over video, so he's doing this blind. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
I'm super flattered. I am. I'm. I'm actually blushing, and I don't know how to deal with this now. <laughs> well, I think the signs are pointing to we need to go to Beirut. We need to stop procrastinating. Uh, fine. Maybe after World Pride then. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It'll uh, happen. Um, I don't know. It's it's just been really eye opening for us to meet so many amazing queer people in in Lebanon and talk to them. And just like it's we we're always impressed and we always like we we're always like finding out how how wrong and sometimes I'm like how wrong I am and how like my picture of Beirut was always tainted by my family's uh, fears of what would happen to me if I went and. Like, I always grew up with their stories. It's like how great it was before the war, then the war. And then, the, like, none of them are queer, or at least openly queer, of any sort of flavor. And so I, I guess they never had any contact or never had any conscious contact. Yeah. Like, I mean, everyone. They don't have the perspective. Yeah. Of, so. um, but I guess that also speaks to, like, how compartmentalized, uh, you know, culture, subcultures are in the same country. It's a small country. But even there, like, people who live their whole lives would have, I guess they would have no idea about everything that goes on. So, yeah. But Yes, again, but uh, you need to take into consideration, it's uh, like uh, Beirut in, in particular is a very friendly, it's a very friendly city. However, uh, it's not heaven, you know. I know. So tell us about. Okay, but I think, but I think yeah. that nowhere is heaven like hate crime all all over the world, even in in countries where the law or law is supposed to protect you oh, yeah. from bullying and from from hate crimes. Oh yeah, the U.S. has a huge. Even problem. France, even England. Oh, the hate crimes are all over the world, not only in the U.S. Oh uh, yeah. Especially against, especially yeah. against yeah. transgender women. So in that, like, because uh, uh, because uh, you know, some family. Like, I was lucky that I had uh, an open-minded family. Not all families are like this. Other families uh, might kick you out of the house. Uh, might teach you. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it really, it really depends on it depends on uh, the individual experience. But all in all. All in all, Beirut is a very nice city for a gay man to live in, especially with all the hot men all around. <laughs> that doesn't hurt. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, and it sounds like if you, yeah, if you um, connect if you... with the right people... I think we have the right people. We have the right people to visit. Well, it's not connect. And if, to start with, you, you, yeah, you need to, to be brave. You need not to be afraid, uh, you see. You need to be out because, uh, because actually when you're out, people fear you. It's not the opposite, you know, because they know how difficult it is uh, to express yourself, to identify yourself as a gay person. Mm-hmm. And for them, this can be intimidating even. And which may, which also uh, might lead to 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 respect you also. That's actually really good perspective to keep in mind. Uh, um, yeah, I think and, you know, like I live. Yeah. Listen, like I live. I live in a very popular area, very very popular area, uh-huh. and uh, everybody knows in uh, my neighborhood that I'm gay. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But uh, yes, uh, but I never, you know, I'm not in contact with them. Right. Uh, because there's uh, like how to say I have the polite contact with them, not, not nothing more. Right. But uh, they they know it, and uh, they, 
Yeah, as long as I don't, I'm not a trouble. I'm not a trouble man. You know, I don't make troubles to, to people. Mm-hmm. I'm very polite, yeah. you know, and uh, I treat uh, people with decency. That's Probably what this is what uh, this is what uh, gave me respect in the in the area where I live. I I know that yeah. uh, more feminine men men might be how to say. Uh, I don't think that they are abused, but they might hear a word as they okay. pass by the street. You okay. see, mm. yeah. but like again, again, I can give the example. There's, a, there's a very, there's a man who's, who's almost a woman. You know, he's not transgender, he's not drag, but he's very feminine. Femme, yeah. But, but he's in control of everybody he contacts in the street with the, with the man who sells the meat. Uh, the grocer, you know, he's very strong. Every, I'm sure that every, yeah, like it's you can know it from you can see it from the moon that he's gay. <laughs> you see, but uh, like uh, nobody cares about it. Actually, they may, they have fun with him. Mm-hmm. So I think it really, really depends on your attitude. Do you think that Beirut is a bubble in Lebanon, or do you think there are? Yes, of course, it's a bubble. Like yeah. Beirut has nothing to do with uh, the rest of uh, the rest of Lebanon. Do you feel like Beirut is the most open part of Lebanon? Yes, of okay. course. Yes, of course. I mean, like uh, in other uh, in the like in other cities or other uh, because all cities in Beirut are very small. Even Beirut is a very small uh, city, uh-huh. so everybody knows everybody. You know. So uh, some people are like uh, afraid that what if the family knows the distant family? What if that family, the other family, the neighbors know? You know, okay. uh, people are more uh, careful and more scared outside of Beirut, and probably the people are uh, less uh, how to say uh, less friendly. But you know, in general, in general, even this you can use it, yeah. This can be said even about Beirut, even like. In the in the east, as long as you do everything discreetly, everything is okay. Mm-hmm. Even if people know about it, but if you don't talk about it, if you don't brag about it, people would let you like would let it pass by. Only if you face them with the with the facts, with the truth, then people would become aggressive. Okay. This has always been the culture for everybody, even for uh, for for women who wanted uh, to have uh, relations without marriage, uh, for women who were divorced and they are going out as men without being married, etc., etc. Always okay, do whatever you want, but do it secretly. Mm-hmm. It's kind it's kind of like like when you do things secretly, you're saying that you respect. The traditions of the city. Okay. You see, by 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 being discreet, you're not uh, like you're uh, preserving the tradition. This is a hypocrite society, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's not shame, just respect, I guess. Yes, of course, yes. That is not. That is not a perspective. I not. I. Uh, I'm at a loss for words. I haven't heard. This is not how I've. Heard, and I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, you've given us a lot of new um, angles to think about things, and I appreciate that. Is there a way that people can contact you, follow you on social media? What's the best way? Instagram. Instagram, okay. And what's your yes. Instagram? Uh, I'll send it to you. Okay, we'll yeah, post it. It's long, you know. It's okay, we'll post it with, yeah. the, with the episode. Please, please okay. do. Yeah. Thank you all very much for listening. Thank you, Munir, for being here. This means a lot Thank to you. us. This, Same here. This is an honor.
<clears throat> and everyone, you can reach us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at The Queer Arab. We have an email, thequeerarabs at gmail.com. You can email Ahmed for the Arabic side of the podcast for anything at all. The Queer Arabs in Arabic at gmail.com. If you know Arabic, listen to Munir's episode in Arabic with Ahmed. Ahmed told us it was a really good uh, conversation, too. And I'm looking uh, forward for meeting you in Beirut. Do your best, guys. Do your best. We, we will. You'll be one of the first people to know. Yes. I would be very happy. It needs to happen, Ellie. Fine. Thank you so much, Munir. You're wonderful. You're most welcome. Thank you. Thank you.